1: How many of us here dream of owning a bungalow? Now, to some of us, maybe owning a bungalow may be a distant dream away. After all, owning one in Singapore is often a sign that you enjoy great wealth. But do you know that there's actually a dark truth to this status that we often associate with wealth? Today, there is a growing number of distressing predicaments that's faced by retirees who own million-dollar homes. But here's the catch. They have insufficient cash savings to meet their living expenses. And that's a term that some of us may describe as being asset-rich and cash-poor. And it's a sticky one because these Singaporean retirees cannot be considered poor by any yardstick since they own assets that most of us can only dream about. Multi-million-dollar bungalows. In fact, a recent article by The Straits Times, which I read, reported a particular case of an elderly woman and her daughter who owned a bungalow, but was so short of cash that they had to depend on their friends to pay for their meals whenever the group had their regular gatherings. So today, the question remains: How did these owners find themselves trapped in the asset-rich, cash-poor vice? And what can we learn from these stories to ensure that we remain financially resilient even through our retirement? Today, we ask these questions and more with Elijah Lee, the senior financial services manager at Philip Securities. Good morning. Elijah, how are you doing today? Good morning, I'm good. Wonderful, Elijah. This is a very, very interesting topic. Um, Now, yes. just to start off, right, just help us understand what it means to be asset rich. And are we just looking at properties here?
0: Well, okay, to be asset rich, uh, really, if you were to look at, uh, say, your net worth, can you, you, you're probably asset rich if you uh, have, like, for example, a lot of, say, okay, like you mentioned, the properties, you yeah. could be holding on to, uh, say, a country card membership, that's got to be worth something, right? Mm. You could be holding on to, I don't know, let's say a Lamborghini. Okay, that's an oh. asset in a way, right? Yeah. Uh, it's probably worth a few hundred thousand. But the thing is, being asset rich is just one part of the equation you have to be what I call income-rich as well. Mm-hmm. Because if I were to just distill it down to one thing, your income determines a lot of things. Your, de- your income determines what kind of house you stay, what kind of food you eat, what kind of clothes you wear. And there's no point in having an asset that doesn't produce income in, in, in the sense that you could sell it, but you know you probably hold to it for a reason. So if it's not producing income for you, then you know, it's not really helping, is it? Right. Yeah. So that's that's how I look at it.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit like uh, you know you have the money to spend, but you 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 spend to look rich, but perhaps maybe the bank is like uh, not as much as you think it is. So yeah, correct. Yeah. Do you think that's uh can you can you share with us any case study that uh, you've uh, come across?
0: Well, okay, I I have so many right, but I just going yeah. to pick a few off the top, my right? head, because there's really too many. Um, okay, so I I, I have. of clients Mm. uh some of them are in this situation so i i had this client who was uh wanted to upgrade and in the end you know i i her on the numbers and i said that look it's got to be a bit risky you do that because you know i'm just trying to think of the downsides a lot of times Mm. uh when people want to upgrade they think of the positives you know moving from a five room hdb to say a three-bedded condo may seem like an improvement in quality of life and all of that yeah but it's only improvement as as far as, you know, if you can't support their lifestyle. Mm. So what I understand uh is that actually they upgraded, which is fine, and then you know they are they're paying their mortgages. I did the sums and actually kind of like they were pushing a lie. I was worried but you know they wanted to and you, you can't stop their dreams right so yeah. so the thing is um the husband actually got retrenched during COVID. Oh dear. So he, he fortunately managed to get another job, but mm. now the problem lies in the fact that um From You know, of their total income, they were probably doing not more than about 35% uh, Mm -hmm. of their income on their mortgage in Mm -hmm. total, and now it jumped dramatically because the husband had to take a pay cut, so a lot of things had to be cut. Fortunately, they aren't big spenders, which is why you know I told them you really want to you go ahead upgrade, but you know you just gotta be very careful because things do happen. Yeah, and so you know they are. I think they are more like about half of their income is on their mortgage now, which while still manageable, is starting to kind of stress them. Lah. Yeah. You know, so so that's the thing. I've seen this happen, and and frankly speaking, you know I don't think the also wants to be retrenched. I, yeah. I I just think no no one wants to be retrenched, right? But Sometimes these things happen. Yeah. And you don't have a backup plan, what are you gonna do? Right? You gotta take time to find a job and then all the stress will fall on the other party. Mm. And and that's not something that, you know, is gonna help anyone. Nah. Yeah. So so that's just one example. Another one I know of, um, okay, it's a bit it's a bit sadder because he actually he and the wife also same thing. Uh they already upgraded when I knew them. Uh, so, okay. so you're just being a mess and, and I what I understand is that uh one of them, I can't remember who I've lost a job as well yeah. again uh, sometime in the past two years, so, but um, fortunately for them, uh, the house was almost paid up, so they had enough savings to uh, kind of like like, like ensure that they could finish it off but it it did put them in a bit of a predicament because of the stresses that they went through yeah so you know all these these things happen that as much as we try and plan around certain constants in life like mm. having a job and things like that but sometimes you have to you know sometimes things just don't go the way you want to so you yeah. got to have that backup plan and mm. I, I just think that's so important because most people don't like to think about the negatives they don't like to think about what could go wrong but the fact is things will go wrong
1: yeah 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 so so, so, mm. yeah yeah, it's a, it's a foresight. Happens. Yeah. It's something yeah. that uh, we have to look ahead uh, ahead of time just to ensure that we, we have some sort of uh, financial resilience in times of uh, uncertainty yeah. as well. Yeah. I think
0: the, the peace of mind is actually one uh, point I here. You know, mm. you you want to be certain that, you know, at any point, you have peace of mind. Like, okay, I have yeah. to share my own example. Mm. Uh, both me and my wife are working. We're staying at HTV, so okay. that's very <laughs> typical Singaporean <laughs> yes. kind of uh, life, right? It's a good life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it may surprise people I say this but um i'm actually paying my mortgage in cash not from my cpf oh okay my cpf actually has enough reserves to uh, probably pay off even at current juncture even at current interest rates uh i could personally take on the entire mortgage even if my wife lost her job for at least wow. another 40 months wow 40 yes. months 40 months. Okay, I hate to be in debt. But yeah. I know that a mortgage is one of those things you cannot run away from. No one is born with a million dollars to yeah. just buy a house, right? So so I already went through a lot of the numbers before me and my wife decided on the amounts. Mm. And so basically, yeah, I, I could take on the mortgage for easily another 40 months, even at current interest rate juncture of wow. around 4%. I'm on floating. Uh, can't be helped because there's my package and, you know, uh, yeah. it's just what it is. But... Yeah, even at four percent interest rate, I can take out the mortgage for another forty months. My wife also probably could do the same. So we are kind of cross covering for each other. We I doubt we will ever come to the point where you know us, Martin, has to use our jobs. But you know, yeah, yeah, you just gotta really be sure. And forty months is so that. You you know if I need to I'll just switch my mortgage over to uh, CPF and then I'll I'll conserve my cash for the, the day-to-day stuff.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow, Elijah, forty it's months. It's not extreme, now. I know, that, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's better to be very very safe than sorry, right?
0: Yes, I, I want that yeah. peace of mind. You know, mm, there's it's, so much it's, to it's learn. Priceless.
1: Yeah. Well, wow, thank you Correct. so much for that, uh, Elijah. Thank thank you for sharing your story. It's very inspiring. 40 months, I think. I think after 40, I'll start 40 looking
0: months at... I'll give I think a bit lah. But yeah. when the interest rates drop, I think you'll
1: probably extend the longevity. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yes, and Elijah is as like what you you've rightly mentioned. Most of us, you know, in Singapore they, we we often come across couples who, you know, how the how we're seeing now, the average house can cost more than half a million. So after yes. may, maybe they take about ten to fifteen years to pay off the full cost of the house. With inflation yes. and increasing population, the value of the houses will go up, right?
0: So then, well, like <laughs> that's where I back to the first. Yeah, sometimes the value of the house can go down. Ah. Uh, here's the thing: we've been so conditioned that to 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 think of our property as a uh, appreciating asset. Yeah it doesn't change the fact that if you're on a HDB it's a 99 year lease. Mm. Eventually, you will come to the tipping point. Yeah, You know, what are you going to do? Pass the hot potato onto another one and not yeah. someone else. I don't think so because people are smart enough to realize when they're buying into something that ultimately will start to depreciate. Yeah. So, you really might not get what you expect from the sale of a house even if you want to monetize it way. Ah. Uh, so, so, unless you're on a freehold or it's a brand new launch or a BTO, uh, my gut feel is don't buy a property expecting that it will appreciate. Buy do it, assuming it might appreciate, but mm. make a backup plan for when it doesn't. Because you don't want to cut off. Guard.
1: Yeah. So don't flip the house just because you feel like uh, there's a chance for you to go up to the millions, right?
0: Yeah. No. I mm. I I I would caution against that. I mean, I'm not saying that you know you shouldn't buy a house or you shouldn't look at investing in property as a as a as an asset, but is the moment you're investing hmm. uh it's, there's no guarantee when it comes to property right even though it might seem like you've seen all those success stories and such but i will caution again there is no guarantee hmm. i actually have clients who barely broke even after i think 10 years wow. after they counted all the uh, the numbers so there's there's no guarantee in that I yeah.
1: see. Would you say then this is one of the the shortfalls or uh, shortcomings of uh, perhaps couples who upgrade? You know, after they maybe perhaps flip their house for well, yeah,
0: yeah. I I I okay. I think a lot of times, um, as I mentioned a little earlier, is people used to upgrade because the prestige. As you mentioned, you know, like like wanting to look like you mm. have a better lifestyle. Yes. I, I, I can see where that, that, that earlier comes from, uh, except that most of the time, in the rush to, you know, get to the higher uh, lifestyle, that, yeah. that better lifestyle, um, we just don't do enough management of the potential risk that comes mm. along with it. And thus, I, I see that happen often. Um, my job is just to put things in perspective. I probably will ask very difficult questions when, yeah. when, when people are wanting to work sometimes with me, and, and for a good reason too. I. Yeah. I the last thing I need is to see my clients destroyed by wrong financial decisions. Of course. Mm. Right? Yeah.
1: Mm. Interesting. Now then, you know, Elijah, we mentioned that how, you know, some of these retirees, they own million-dollar homes, right? I mean, while they're sitting in the Mm. million-dollar homes, isn't it just so simple to just liquidate or just sell the house? Is there more to that?
0: Okay, there is a lot more to that. I I feel that sometimes it may be a sentimental thing. Maybe Mm. it was a family home you really wanted it to pass down. Especially when you talk about, say, like, um, like the bungalow, right? Uh, it could be something that must, the family wanted to keep within the family sake of liquidating it. Right. So sometimes it's not so easy as wanting to sell it off. Second thing is, um, if you're desperate to sell it off, I would say people could sell it and probably you wouldn't get a very good deal for it. But then, again, you know, you might just have to go through it because you needed the cash. Uh. Yeah. So I, I, I've i seen a couple of spectral a uh, couple of ends of the spectrum, right? I, I, I haven't seen people who, as you mentioned, are quite similar to... The article mentioned ca- uh, asset-rich cash poor. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately for them, you know, they are still somewhat getting by. Mm. Although it's kind of like shaky. And then on the other side of the spectrum, I also seen... Uh, I have a client who's actually asset-rich and cash-rich. And of course, that's wow. where you want to be. Yeah. you got to find that balance. Like, he's staying in a multi-million dollar uh, freehold. I think it was a semi-D. Oh my. But he also has... Okay, I'll just say this. His liquid network is more than the value of his house. Oh my goodness. Which means goodness. that he easily has enough um, recurring income streams. He's also an investor, right? So he, he has enough recurring income streams to actually support the ongoing uh, upkeep of the house. And sometimes we forget that the upkeep can really kill. Wow. Like he has a swimming pool. The swimming pool has to be maintained. Yeah. It's not something that, you know... And, and then let's say you install a lift in the house, you probably need to maintain it as well. And, and of course, all other small manners of upkeep that will add up. And of course property tax, I think the article also mentioned someone who struggled to pay property tax yeah. staying in a twenty million bungalow. Yeah. Was it like that, if I remember correctly? Yes. Yes. The and property the property tax, tax is thirty-six thousand a year. Oh my and goodness. That is like sometimes a retiree's expenses. Can you imagine spending that on property tax? Ouch!
1: that's so painful. So yeah. Didn't
0: think about that or you didn't, you know, do give consideration to such matters. It can and will come back and bite you. Mm. And it comes back and bite you at the end of your life when you have like you retire, you've no more active income and you're just relying on savings and maybe a couple of uh, uh, income assets like say um annuities, dividend paying stocks. Mm. What if it's not enough, you know? Mm. And 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 I feel that's really uh very sad. So in the end, it's about moderating your consumption in housing. Right. I know we all want to own something nice. Even I also have a dream, right? We can all dream, yes. right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't mind owning a freehold corner terrace or something like that. Oh, I love that. What Four, five million, right? And yeah. and I, I'm just not in the position to do that. Mm. And I acknowledge it. Either I need to do something to improve my financial standing to, to afford that, or I just acknowledge that it will never be a part of my life and I can just continue to dream, uh-huh. right? So, so, yes, as harsh as it may sound, um, I I've, I've acknowledged the fact that at this juncture, I I'm nowhere near even upgrading. I I I don't see myself upgrading the condo. I I I I did some math, and, and I'm like, no, maybe not. I know it's it's hard to follow the fact that your dream may have to be abandoned, but mm. sometimes for your future, you know, well-being. It's, it's just something that needs to be realized uh, and it's, accepted.
1: Yeah, it's a painful yeah. truth that some of, that most of us will have to swallow, you know, uh, just so yeah. that we don't have to sacrifice our lifestyle for the sake of perhaps maybe just living in a, in a home that would eat up our savings. So oh, right. then, Elijah, are there any yeah. alternatives for these, perhaps these owners who maybe they just don't want to sell the house? So what can they consider then?
0: Well, I, and this is going to be hard, but one of the things is, of course, you may want to... Uh, do a bit of um, renting out mm. of uh, part of the rooms, that may be difficult. For example, if it's really a family home, I don't think anyone wants to have strangers staying with them. Yeah, of course. So, there's is, is really, no real answer. Uh, there's no real perfect answer to this. Another uh, way, is a reverse mortgage, but I think that may not also be the answer to people. Uh, but that's just some sort of the things off the top of my head. Mm. What I can think of is really uh, before you retire, you're sitting on know a, a reasonably valued property hmm. uh, do start to work out your sounds because being prepared for it is better than you know, not being prepared right uh, some some things that I've seen happen is for example I've, I've, uh, I've been speaking to someone recently and, and basically uh, uh, the parents passed away leaving behind uh, a freehold condo which is being rented up okay. and the thing is between all the surviving family members they're debating what to do with the condo and there's sentimental values here and there someone to sell someone to keep yeah. it's, it's complex right? and this is an issue that is not likely to be resolved for at least a few years oh, you know about things yeah so so i just I just give her one very simple piece of advice, even if you keep the property can okay, learn to convert the variable rental income to something that's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I think that cannot be understated. Rental is a variable I cannot in any way see it as guaranteed. Yes, the rental market is very hot now, and you're probably seeing tenants renew at higher and higher high rental yeah. but this cannot continue forever at some point it will come it will come down I am Fairly certain about that. The question is, when that when that happens, will you be ready for it? You know. So mm. so, in the meantime, yeah, the 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 uh, surviving siblings are of course um having nice rental income from this place, but yeah, I told them you know learn to convert into something guaranteed, and at least you have a stream of guaranteed income that you can use to figure out what happens you know next. Mm. And and um so so it all comes down to income. I think at the start, like I mentioned, if mm. you don't have enough income, your lifestyle may just be a burden oh. rather than something that you enjoy. Interesting. Right? So so yeah, that's the in- income to me is really the the true asset. Because assets in retirement yeah. can become cumbersome to manage. Yeah. I, I think you will agree with that. Assets you have to manage them I mean, a house has to be ca- uh, maintained. Yeah. Uh, uh, investment portfolio has to be monitored. Mm-hmm. Uh rental properties have to be you know, either uh, I you're managing it or you have an agent doing it for you, but it still involves some degree of uh, intervention, right? right? And in this case, right, I, I, I will venture as far as to say that uh, the only true asset is pure income, which mm. is why CPF line works, right? Uh. Right. It's just your income. You yeah. don't have to pay anything. The passive Sit there income. And get your money. That's it. Mm. How much harder could it
1: be? Right. Right. Thank you so much for that, Elijah. That's a very, very good breakdown of everything we need to know. Now, then, you know, perhaps maybe some of us maybe we are thinking of uh, upgrading in the next few years. So, how do we then ensure that we don't fall into the trap of being asset rich and cash But What are some like steps to take note of? Like maybe we talk about hidden costs of uh, property, like the private properties, or yes. maybe like taxes and all that. So, what do we need to know then?
0: Well, there is really a lot of maintenance involved in private properties, <laughs> whether it's a condo or, uh, or lender property. Um, property tax definitely is going to go up a lot more. Uh, yep. You're not going to get as much rebates in terms of, say, your utilities. These are a few things I can think of off the top of my head. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you okay a condo, you have uh, MCST, right? Private yep. property, you, you probably have a rather hefty property tax bill. You have maintenance upkeep depending on what you want to install on your property, a lift, a swimming pool, whatever it is, right, so all these cost money, and not only that, all these costs also go up over time, right, I've never heard of condo FTSC is coming down, it's just up, 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 Mm. and if you don't plan for this in mind, or you don't plan to have to grow your other income sources, you will find that you will start to eat into a bigger and bigger chunk of your disposable income, right. which will affect your quality of life. So I would say, uh, very simply put, go through the numbers and then add another, uh, what I would call margin of safety to it. You know, you think you're going to have, say, 2000 a month uh, to upkeep your private property, add up 10 to 15% in the near term. It's going to cost more than you think. And and things break, right? So sometimes when these things happen, like, uh, oh, the the uh the leave isn't working you mm. you you you've maintaining it but sometimes it just doesn't work and then you've got to call for servicing and that can be a bomb oh. yeah so so another ten, fifteen 15 percent to whatever you budget for the near term and then review those numbers every few years and that's when you get it but before you even buy it uh, as, as as i was saying you've got to make sure that your income can support the mortgage mm. and then stress test it further right. by assuming that if you were to lose all this sort of income you 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 have to buy yourself time to you, let's say okay let's say you lost your job you 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 need to buy yourself time in order to find another job. So mm. while you're buying yourself that amount of time, how long can your savings last? Mm. And if it's anything less than a year, I I say rethink it because it's just not safe enough in this current economic climate. You could take more than a year to find our job. Yeah. So so many considerations. I mean, I would say a competent advisor would point out the pitfalls. We're not here to tell you don't go ahead with your dream. We're just mm. here to tell you have you considered these things before you go ahead with your trip? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't want to end I, up I never stop my clients from upgrading. Right? I just tell them, look, you mm-hmm. got to consider all this. And and if they do, and, and I work through the numbers with them as well, and everything seems fine with enough buffer, enough margin of safety, go ahead, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's never, it's never a hard no, but of course, eventually, if you have to face the consequences of not being able to afford that, then you have only yourself to blame, right? Yeah, Mm. I
0: would say that, yes.
1: Now, Elijah, then before I let you go, how does this (laughs) all form part of our retirement planning process then?
0: Okay, so uh, when it comes to retirement planning, it's really a balance of income. Mm. What income comes in and what income goes out in the form of expenditure. If you don't balance that, or if the balance is wrong, in other words, more expenses than incoming income, you could be in trouble. But of course, I would say that, let's say, okay, let's say you have a passive income flow of $5,000 a month and you're spending about five thousand five, dollars You should be okay because you will have savings as well. Mm. Uh, but if your inflow is $5,000, you're spending like 7000 you will be yourself faster than you think. Oh, yes. So it's about playing this balancing game. Uh, on one side, you got your income in and, and on the other side, you got your income out. And if your income is more than your income out for about retirement, or at least that's what you project, you should be fine. Mm. And I will say that I I, I know you wanted to talk about CPM, and I'll say that CPM is probably one of the best income weapons in the market. You could even call it a weapon. Uh, I mean, at its core, it's an annuity. And I think people often forget how powerful an annuity is, as I mentioned best asset is pure income and that cpf gives you pure income it's always what, a what stigma right for.
1: don't you think when it comes to cpf there's a stigma that oh it's not going to be my money until i turn like 55 or something or like Correct. 60 but, yeah
0: but there's a stigma but there's also the stigma for a good cause because sometimes if you have access to your money too easily and too early mm. you end up spending it yeah exactly faster than you think mm. uh i've seen so many stories of Clients coming in and, 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 you know, asking me to do a little something for their parents. And it turns out their parents went, hey, we choose their CPI at 55. And, and within 10 years, it was gone. Oh, no. Yeah, so, so, so. Then now, of course, it's kind of like they're depending on the children now, which uh, we have them at the call, but we do what we best, do yeah. the best we can for them. But yeah, there's, there's, sometimes you have too much excess. Yeah. It can be a bad thing. So CBI Life, you know, locks up everything behind RA, right? So, so it can be a good thing. Yeah. Really, I, I I don't see why it is always necessary a In effect. on top of CPF life, of course, um um, I I also use I also use annuities for my clients, especially those who have maxed out CPF life. Mm. And sometimes, you know, it, it's just a good thing to ensure that you don't have too much access to your money or your or your assets because right. the temptation to spending will be there. It's just human nature. Yeah. So instead, I will say that have access to income streams instead of your assets and. Even after you spend the income this month, you just look forward to next month knowing that the income will come again. And right. this cycle just repeats. And I think that's probably the peace of mind that everyone will want to have in their retirement.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much yeah. for that, Elijah. I think of it as a little bit like um you know, um it's like a big bonus, right? And then the first thing you do is like, Oh, let's go for a buffet, you know? Let's spend out yeah, everything. Correct. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's very normal. I, I will share one I will share one thing that happened to me many, many years ago before yeah. we wrap up. Yeah. And that was when I got my first paycheck. Okay. And then I like reading, right? So so uh, I just blew like ten percent of my paycheck on books oh, before boy. I realised <laughs> what I did. And and, and I, I I guess um of course over the years I've wised up to that but yeah. uh, uh it's it's just a very natural thing. Mm. You know, oh, there's money coming in, and, yeah. and uh, partly because I, the reason why I spend that money on the books is to got ah, new next month getting paid again, right? But that really shouldn't be the way, like, You yeah. know, I mean, I, I I should pace myself up,
1: right? Yeah. Wonderful! Thank you so much for joining us oh today, God. Elijah. All right, we've been speaking to Elijah Lee, the senior financial services manager at Phillips Securities, talking all about how you can avoid the trap of being asset-rich and cash-poor, and the important factors to consider as part of your retirement planning to ensure financial resilience. Now, in case you missed that interview, head on over to our Omnio Spotify channel to find out more. Meanwhile, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM eighty-nine point three.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM.